This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because both have plays. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. From now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Caring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica, and with me today is my lovely, amazing, glorious, now short-haired co-host Amanda. Hi, Hello. Amanda. Hi, Monica. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. <laughs> Ooh, I know <laughs> that was a really sweet one, but it's legit though. <laughs> it is legit. Super legit because we have a really awesome guest on today. We do have an awesome guest on. We have been talking about this guest for almost as long as our podcast is old. Um because we were like making this list about people that we want on eventually. And like Robin Warren was one of the people we had on this list, but we were like, ah, oh, she's so cool. She's doing all the cool things. She's probably not going to want to be on our podcast because we're so tiny and small and insignificant. That was two years ago. Now we're amazing. Well, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, oh, we're having a geek fit challenge in November. Wouldn't it be amazing? Let's let's ask Robin. This is the time. This is the moment. And here we are with Robin Warren from Geek Girl Strong. Hello. That intro was very kind, and I'm trying to get better at taking compliments. Oh, welcome to the club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. just, I'm really awkward when I get compliments, and I'm sure I've seemed kind of like an a-hole to people before, but it's really just that I'm like, Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and I just, I don't know what to do with myself. Are you a words of affirmation person? Uh, yes, but I don't believe it. <laughs> so like, I'll say it to myself, but I have to like, half the battle is convincing myself that it's true. Oh, yeah. What we I'd have to do to anything nice to Monica is actually yell at her. Or, and we're like, Monica, you are such a wonderful person. Like, we have to make it sound like we're really angry with Monica. And then, and then it, yeah, like comes in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. It just makes me laugh. And then I can take it more because otherwise it's just really uncomfortable when people compliment me. And I feel super weird, like into my gut. I feel like this is all wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. And I know we're going to get like more into my life and stuff, but I was also bullied. So I'm not sure mm. if that's just a part of it that like people saying anything about me. I think my first reaction is kind of like deer in headlights. Maybe, mm. maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about yeah. it in therapy. <laughs> I feel you on that. <laughs> you, you, you two get along really well. <laughs> like whenever my therapist is like, and how are we about my insecure, about your insecurities? I'm like, don't talk to me about yeah. this right now. Oh my goodness. This year has been so crazy. I don't even think we've gotten back to help Robin cope with the things that only happen in her brain. It's been like cope with everything on the outside. That is very on. true. Yeah. 
It's been a lot this year. Yeah, it has been for everyone. Yes, 2020 has been a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the understatement of this podcast. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of been like a decade in a year. Yeah, worth of experiences. Or if you ask Monica, it's still March. Still March. Yes, <laughs> that's what I keep saying. Mm -hmm. March to two hundred and eighty something now. I don't yeah, know. it's that's too it could long. Still be March. I realized that I missed spring the other day. I was like, "What <laughs> was it like outside in spring?" I was like, "I don't know. I wasn't. I was barely ever outside in the springtime. Yeah. We were locked inside for spring." <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean it's that. so weird because on the one hand there is a not a not a big difference like when you work from home is same old same old all right. the time but then just the fact that you can't go out and then the outside feels super insecure for some reason when you're outside and then there everybody all of a sudden is a big ass idiot because you can't wear your fucking mask over your stupid nose oh. like what the fuck is wrong with you Dude. and that's just causing too much anger inside of me to even want to go out so I'm like oh I literally was just asking my friend if something is wrong with like masculine faces that their masks seem to not be able to stay on their faces because <laughs> I don't know about where you all are, but in the US, for some reason, a lot of our men are just not for some reason. There are a lot of reasons, which, you know, I'm sure the US has been bleeding out onto everyone everywhere, like always. Oh, but uh, it's so great news. Like the world yes. is uh, having a big ass relief and all I, that. So. Yes. And um, as the, the, American US person on the show right now, I would like to say on behalf of my country, <laughs> I'm so sorry, even though it's not my fault because my demographic votes well every time. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, um, been, it's been a time. Yeah, it has. We been, just have to get through January now, then everything will be better. And if they have maybe. to escort him out, then they escort him out. It's not, he's not going to get through with his bullshit. I, you know, I don't think so. But I also think he has so much pride that he will not allow for anyone to pull him out. Like, he mm. will leave before someone picks him up and throws him over their shoulder because he won't allow for that picture to get out there. They won't have anything to do with doing the right thing. It'll have everything yeah. to do with, like, I'm not going to let those people, you know, drag me yeah. out, of, out of this place kind of thing. Yeah, if yeah. I know anything about narcissists <laughs> <laughs> from the things I've learned in life, you know. <sighs> oh, dear. Deep, Super real. Deep sigh of relief. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, still a lot of things to happen in the world. I'm sure this podcast wouldn't exist if, you know, the fact that we're all living in a society, uh, you know, kind of worldwide one where people like us aren't given the same opportunities for one reason or another, mm. kind of no matter who's in power currently. So um, that is very true. You know, still a lot of work to do, but it's easier to work forward to hopefully something better rather than just trying to survive every single day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Maybe we just start off into the rapid fire round. Sure. How about that? Cool. Do you want to go ahead, Amanda? Oh, okay. So, Robin, where are you from? I am from Brooklyn, New York. Born and raised. I like me. And what are your preferred pronouns? She, her, hers. Thank you. And when are you a geek since? So maybe a year, a story of your first geeky experience? So I, I saw this question and I was like, do I have a year? 
And I realized I have an exact day, which Ooh. is December 25th, Christmas Day of 1988. Well, that's very specific. <laughs> I feel like there is a story here. There is. Um, so my first Christmas, because my birthday is December 1st. So my first December Christmas, baby. Yeah, I was a tiny little meat nugget, as I like to call newborns. Um, and my first Christmas picture was my parents and I. And my mom is holding me very lovingly. And my dad is holding a video game gun to my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. I love that. So I realized like my first geeky experience was that moment when I was a little meat nugget. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I was love it like that. the Nintendo gun, like the NES gun. I was trying to remember which one it is. I don't think it was Atari, but it was something around from that period of time. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. I'm because I'm trying to remember which one my dad is a gamer before it was a term kind of thing. He just always had them in the house. And I can't remember what system it was. And he always tells me that I get it wrong. So that's why I'm not guessing. (laughs) (laughs) And what are some of your biggest geeky influences? So you can think like books, movies, TV shows, teachers, games, or maybe something else. So definitely X-Men. And it's funny because I put on this shirt. It's my mic is there. Uh, it's Wolverine. So I, I put on the shirt and I was like, I really like this shirt. And then I put on the earrings and I was like, haha, this is very funny. Um, <laughs> and I had just recorded for my podcast an episode about health in X-Men. Uh, so I think I'm just in a mood. So definitely X-Men. And I have a storm tattoo. Which oh, nice. nice. There she is. Um, <laughs> But the thing that I thought of when thinking about this question was actually most of my teachers at my middle school slash high school, which is 6th to 12th grade, which can transfer to about the ages of 10 to 17. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because I know I'm speaking to it. Because I have no idea what Exactly. (laughs) I know I'm speaking to an international audience. So just saying like middle school and high school means nothing. Um, So yeah, so my adolescence, my entire adolescence into being an older teenager before going to college or university. um, I went to a school called the New York City Museum School in here in, uh, it's Mm -hmm. in Manhattan in New York City. And at the time it was, ahead of its time, it was a really small school. There were two classes of 35 kids in each grade. Uh, So there were about 700 students in the entire school through all of those ages. And the reason why I always think of it is like what made me the person that I am are my teachers there because we called them by their first names. We went to museums with them twice a week regularly. From third period in the morning all the way through the end of the day, I got to learn in places like the Brooklyn Museum, the Natural History Museum, the Met, um, MoMA, the, the modern, the Museum of Modern Art in Manhattan. So we would go to these museums if I were learning about ancient Egypt and actually look at real hieroglyphs and real mummies and observe them and then teach the other kids about those objects and therefore during that process learning about the topic that's absolutely revolutionary that's amazing yeah so like i learned about evolution 90s and stuff like that it's just 
Yeah, yeah. So this was, I started there in 1999 and then finished in 2006. And during that time in the US, uh, education really changed. Um, we got, you know, new president brought in something called No Child Left Behind. It's a whole thing that's not for a speed round. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got really lucky and really fortunate. So I studied evolution by putting on a play in middle school about Charles Darwin's life. I learned about world religions by way of going to museums and looking at artifacts, but also we went to a cathedral, a synagogue, a Hindu temple, a Buddhist temple, and got to go there and ask the leaders of those places questions about their beliefs and their religions. And that's how I learned a lot of the stuff that I know now. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. my so mind I'm is blowing. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, spoiled. You know, I, I hated most things just like any teenager did. But I'm almost positive that that's why I became an educator. And then also because why I held on to like all of the interests that I've had and didn't feel that I had to choose because of the adults in my life there. That is just mind-blowing and amazing. Yeah. I mean, especially if you, have, if you have access to all of the different things, it's just... Yeah, exactly. And like, I got to have lunch in Central Park because we were having class at the museum and we got to go out for lunch. So we would just sit in the park and have a picnic for lunch or get into trouble because we were kids, um, <laughs> you know? Uh, and it was super, obviously super formative because I have all these stories. That's just, that's just the options, like how mind opening can a, an education like this be for children and for basically everyone? It's like the hands-on experience that you get. And that's what broadens your mind. If you get in touch with, with, with people and exactly. stuff like that, it's just, crazy. I actually, on the day that the election here was called, I, or well, before then, when everyone was super stressed out. I sent a text to my high school history teacher who I'm friends with now, because especially when I became a teacher, my teachers mm. were kind of like, come here, child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just thanked him for, you know, teaching me the way that he did, because I had a better grasp of what was going on than a lot of my, mm. you know, people of a similar age group did because they went to other schools. Um, mm. And this particular teacher who is now a friend, texted me the day that it was announced, him holding a sign that said, we can celebrate today, but the work starts again tomorrow when he was out celebrating. So shout out to David Bally. Those are the people who like really inspire me. That's oh, great. that's so good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so, <laughs> so wonderful when you have a teacher or, or a handful of teachers that really impact your life like that. Like I've got two yeah. from high school myself that were just like incredible influences on the en entire rest of my life. Like they really built mm. me into who I am or helped build me. Mm. So um, what are your current geeky pastimes? So I haven't been able to read during the times of COVID. Like my brain is just not into the idea. And I, I do it here and there, but it has to be prompted. Like I'm waiting in a waiting room for a doctor or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately. Um, playing Nintendo Switch a lot and other video games, reading comics still. I'm really into webtoons. Um, I've kind of fallen off because the stories I've been following have been kind of weird lately. Um, <laughs> and tomorrow, Great British Bake Off, every single Friday, It's it brings me so much joy. <laughs> if you 
Oh, there is some. There is one thing that's called Great British Bake of the Extra Slice. Do you watch that as well? The Extra Slice, I have not, but I've heard it's good. So if you should ever see a weird duck, green duck cake in uh, that Extra Slice, then we know the person who made that. Did you make <laughs> something that's in it? Um, not that, us, but somebody who's actually in chat today um, and was a former guest on our it? podcast. Um, and yeah, the, the green duck that you see in chat now, that's basically the cake he made. And he got contacted by the BBC oh. about his cake being on the extra slice and everybody's waiting for it to appear. It hasn't yeah. appeared yet. But okay. It's a weird fucking duck with like super okay. creepy and it, yeah. I'm so really you see excited. that. This is all we very don't. genuine emotions. <laughs> Just everyone knows. What a superstar in the chat. Okay, that's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> also contacted by the FBI. Okay. Ooh. Didn't know that part, Tom. <laughs> Not surprised. Okay. I think that's bullshit. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, just as, as a side note to the great. No, that's, that is very exciting. <laughs> and please, no one ruin it for me because I am American and I don't get to see it on Tuesdays. I see it tomorrow. <laughs> so if anyone in the chat saw it and spoils it, I will find you. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> thanks cool. um awesome thank you that's our rapid fire round great so robin what is the geeky thing we're talking about today i think we are talking about things that are related to the wellness community geek girl strong so all things wellness and health and fitness and geeky and equal and inclusive things yes yes <laughs> All of that. That's exactly our kind of stuff that we want to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. So you started Geek Girl Strong, um, which is, I mean, it's such a cool platform because it's obviously combining two of your favorite loves, fitness and geeky shit. And you're like, this is what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And I love that. So tell us about it. So do you, do you want like the origin stories or do you first want like just what it is? Both. <laughs> well, we'll mix it. I'll, I'm getting better and better at doing this and like trying to <laughs> narrow it down into a good little, you know, pocket sized informational. Um, so Geek Girl Strong started about five years ago while I was a New York City public school teacher. I taught health and PE or physical activity um, or physical education, not physical activity. Um, and during that time, I was working with kids who were, again, 6th through 12th grade, so that adolescent age group. And I, from the other side of things, is now the adult, the adult. I would constantly look around and be like, who's in charge? I don't know. I was, <laughs> I was in my early and mid-20s. I was like, I don't know. I'm in charge of all these kids. Someone's going to die. No one died. But... <laughs> Relatable, I guess. Yeah. Um, so during that time, I started witnessing that a lot of my students who were raised as girls would be really interested in PE and engaged in the sixth grade, which is about like 10, 11, 12 years old. And then when they got back from like summer vacation in the seventh or eighth grade, they seemed to feel like they had to choose so they were either going to be the tomboy and be athletic and still be good at sports and not mind sweating and doing other things, or they were going to be like the pretty and popular girl, or they were going to be the bookish to herself, smart, probably a little snarky girl. 
right? So they were starting to choose their paths really strictly. And I think as a woman of color who I'm under 5'5", I'm really unassuming as a PE teacher. (laughs) And I think that them getting to see me talk about going to the gym and lifting weights, admit to them that I was taking time off because I was going to Comic-Con, um, <laughs> and then also like bring free comic books back for them that I would, you know, use as incentives for the classroom and things like that. So them getting to see that like, I'm a first generation American on my mom's side. I have a master's degree before I'm 30. And like all of these things that were just, you know, hard to put into one box that we started having all of these really deep conversations about why people feel the need to choose and maybe why we don't have to. So I started different clubs at the school and things like that. And at the same time, fell into a super deep depression and started going to meetups called Geek Girl Brunch here in New York. And the women there were like, wow, you know, if you were my PE teacher, I might have not hated it so much. And which is a huge compliment to me. Oh, yes. And then they said, but do you train adults? And then I said, I do now. (laughs) I love that. Uh, (laughs) So that's kind of how Geek Girl Brunch spawned Geek Girl Strong. It took me a long time to decide on the name. Um, But so that's kind of the origin story. During that time, I was still teaching. I decided to get certified as a health coach in addition to my degrees in physical education and health education. And then I left teaching because I burnt out. And uh, as a lot of teachers in the US do right now after five years, and I became a clinical family planning health educator at a nonprofit health clinic. And I did that for a year and a half while still running Geek Girl Strong. And then I've only been doing this full time for maybe about just over two years. Um, And what it is, what it has become is it started off as a health coaching service for women or anyone who identifies as such. And um, it slowly grew out into something bigger because I realized that there was a desire for not only working with a professional who had geeky interests and similar interests, but just a community as a whole. So Mm. I always say I got it started, but it's really the people who joined on who made Geek Girl Strong what it is today. I love Mm -hmm. that. And I think that that's something that that community growth, helping to make something what it is, is is happening here with Geek Caring as well. Um, So I love a lot of it's great. It is great. And um, I love what you are building and what you have built with Geek Girl Strong, because like you say, like it's about making fitness fun and relatable to your interests. Um, Exactly. And like, I am one of those girls that stopped PE as soon as I could. I was like grade Mm. nine. We don't have to take it after grade nine. Great. Let's go to the books. Um, Whereas like, I I think I totally agree with what the women in your Kiko brunch said about like, you know, if they had teachers, anything like you that like really made it fun and relatable, it might've been a different story. Yeah. And and that's one of those compliments that I've learned how to, t- to take because uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier about I have a hard time with compliments. Um, but that one has become a point of pride now because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? 
I did work really hard to make sure that all my kids felt included, and I didn't have to make the game of Steal the Bacon into the Hunger Games instead, and like, <laughs> and tell them like, "Are you ready, tributes? May the odds be in your favor," and like, do all of these things. <laughs> I do think you can go the extra mile, and that is your choice. Like, it was your choice to do that because you could have done what like a lot of other teachers would probably have done. Like, especially when you're in it for so very long, and then you're like, just. Get it, like that resentment towards everything because you're like trapped in this cage sometimes that you can't really move a lot in and and I totally get that that resentment that then comes up within you like just pushing through and doing the things because you have to and what is necessary into the bare minimum and it was your choice to not do that and to to so it is very much on you that that Thank that's you. how how the people felt around you and that's why people come to you now Oh, thank you. See, that's me <laughs> trying to take in the compliment. Um, yeah, and honestly, <laughs> like, one of the reasons why I left was because I didn't, I saw what a lot of PE teachers become. And I know that they didn't start off that way. They might have started mm -hmm. off really enthusiastic about what they yeah. did. Um, and by way of the system and the bureaucratic things that teachers have to deal with, um, it runs you over. And I really, wanted for my kids to have someone who wanted to be there. So when mm -hmm. I left, I very honestly told them, I don't think I can be the teacher that you all deserve anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go do this other thing. And I'm always here for you and I'll miss you. But I hate it here. I didn't say that part, but I did <laughs> it. <laughs> Gosh. yeah that's that must have been a scary step for you as well like leaving what you know and even though you hate it it's like oh well what if I hate the next step but you do it anyways absolutely yeah I was just at the point where I was just like okay I'm starting this geek girl strong thing and <clears throat> I relate to these people in a way that other personal trainers and um, other fitness professionals are like geeks. Why does there need to be like a specialized trainer for them? Which just reminded me why I was like, oh, if you don't get it, that means it's important because yeah. <laughs> there are people out there who need someone that they can relate to in that way so that they feel comfortable enough to trust them with their body. You know, it's a big yeah. deal. I think especially when you grow up and you identify in one way or the other as a geek or you do like that always comes with that stereotype mm -hmm. of, of you not being fit at all and you're not giving a shit about what you look like because all you think about is is everything else right. and blah blah and and then if you take taking that step to to go out of that and then approach someone to take care of your body in one way or the other, which you all most with a big certainty already feel really insecure about. Exactly. And then those are always the people who are like, those are the ones that we all also have like these, these, well, thoughts about what they might think of us. It's mm -hmm. not even that they actually think, think of us like that, but it just is such a huge step. But by you being a geek as well, you just immediately close that gap of being like, this person is looking down on me because I read comics or because yes. I'm a geek or because I play video games. So that's immediately gone. So that one step is just that one burden that you have to jump over and that takes so much effort to actually get over. It's just not there with you. And that's just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, they're one of the other compliments that I get, which is really great, is that people... Well, used to come to our group fitness classes and now do it online when we have online sessions and that they're the only fitness ones that they like 
feel less anxiety around or don't mm. feel anxiety around. Um, because joining in on those kinds of spaces when you haven't had a lot of opportunity to succeed with movement. Mm. So like if you were that kid in PE class who needed a teacher who could give you a little bit more and you never got it, you probably yeah. never had success throwing a basketball or, you know, like, oh, any yeah. so why in the hell would you want to do it? If it's never felt good for you, if you've never had success with something, you're not going to want to do it. And it makes sense that a lot of adults are having a hard time finding movement that they like because they've never been given the space and opportunity to succeed at something mm -hmm. and find it to be fun. I love that thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that it's is a great thought. Deal. Yeah, it's a really, really big deal. If you constantly make movement too difficult for someone to succeed at it, or you they feel like you're dumbing it down rather mm -hmm. than creating an environment where everyone does what they can to the best of their ability, then people aren't going to want to do it. So, mm. so that's been a big thing with like, I have these themed events. So this month it's fantasy. Our last in-person event was a birds of prey workout. So yeah, it, it was great. I'm so sad. That we, <laughs> it was the last time I saw everyone. So like, Aww. you know, we were throwing a ball at a, you know, a bullseye and we had these sheets of plastic that people were kicking and it made really loud sounds and people were doing squats and swinging sticks over their heads. And like all of these are exercises, right? But if you apply it in a way that makes someone feel like they're playing or that, you know, there's no wrong way to do it as long as they're being safe, then people are more likely to want to try it out. Would you find that you have more people like local in New York that would go to in-person classes? Or how does that relate to like your remote and online training? Yeah, so now it's totally online. I've seen one client since March. Um, and we were like both in masks and had all the windows open and the fan on it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I've done that literally once since March. So now everything is online. So I have Fangirl Health Club, which meets once a month. And it's 10 people in person. It used to be 20 people. But now it's 10 people online. So I can make sure that everyone's being safe and like keep an eye mm. on everyone. Um, and so we still do that. And I always make a fun geeky playlist to go along with the workout. Um, and then we have our big Patreon community that has a Discord server and everyone's in there supporting one another all around the world. Um, so yeah, it's been a big shift. Uh, the biggest mm. is probably the dance parties. Um, so every month during the colder months, I started doing a virtual dance party where it's just 50 geeks in a Zoom room and I play some regular songs that are kind of in line with the theme, but also just a lot of geeky songs like a Harry Potter trap remix. Uh, <laughs> and nice. Some people are usually in cosplay, um, but at home, like, because we don't have the opportunity to be in cosplay. Um, and then other people are just like wearing their nerdy things. And some people are like dressed up like they're going to the club. Some people are in their oh, pajamas. No. Um, some people are seated. Some people have found a corner in their home to have space in and dance to. Um, for our Halloween playlist, I had an Adams Family like twerking remix. <laughs> twerking <Amazing>. remix. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I'll do that, and all of that stuff is super fun, and it's 
a way to try to redefine exercise, which is really important mm. to me because people will hear dance party and think that that has to be separate from being healthy when, I don't know, dancing with a whole bunch of geeks. Um, That's where, my idea of fitness and fun. Right, exactly. Like it's fun and you're moving. People say that like they look at their watch, their like Fitbits and realize that it counted as exercise. And I'm like, yeah, it counts. Your heart knows <laughs> that you're moving and dancing and you're sweating and, you know, everyone is just in there together and it's just really nice. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know about what people think dancing is, but like anytime I've been to a wedding that has a really good party, a club, anywhere that I'm really giving it stacks on the dance floor, like my heart rate is elevated, I'm yes. covered in sweat and I'm like, exactly. this is what it's all about. Like I'm having a blast and like my body aches the next day because this is the doms that we want from a really good workout. That's what I was about to say. If you've never been to, it could have been like any type of celebration, any dance or something where you're not kind of sore the next day, I highly suggest when it's possible <laughs> or coming to our party um, that everyone find a situation where you're just moving your body like with, it doesn't have to be structured. Sometimes the best movement is unstructured movement. And my therapist actually calls it journaling with your body. Uh, oh. uh -huh. So there's like a mental health component to just dancing that's not choreographed or anything and just moving your body. I is that like why you started out pole dancing or is that, some, that's something that's not related to how you, I mean, or kind well, that is a stupid question. No, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Because I'm always in awe at your Instagram oh, pole dancing stories. I'm like, how can, how can a person do all of that? <laughs> so one thing is that I've been doing it for almost 10 years now, I realized the other day. Wow. So I started pole dancing kind of right when it became a more acceptable fitness activity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and I will say that like a part of my own feminist, my, or my feminism or my feminist beliefs is that you can never completely separate pole dancing from strip clubs or exotic dancers because mm. to do so would be weird to pretend as if that's not where it comes from. Mm. Um, I know where it originates and I have been to strip clubs and I very much appreciate the people who do that because I know how freaking hard it is. Um, but Pole dancing is absolutely one of the ways that's kind of like journaling for me. And I've performed a few times. Um, it does feel different than kind of just freestyling and moving um, and just expressing yourself and mm. your own whatever it is. It doesn't have to be sexual, but it can be. Like it can mm. be expression, a healthy, like confident self expression more about you expression of your own sexuality which is a part of health and a part of wellness um even though it's like a touchier topic i think your pole dances are always super meditative to watch as well like you can see that you have something going on like something you and the pole have something where you work through something when you <laughs> pole dance and it's just so fascinating uh, to watch dude, all the time you're so right <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that comes across, but absolutely. I and it, it's also like a, a structured and then also mixing in resistance training with mm -hmm. my dancing. So sometimes I'm dancing to journal, but I'm also doing pull-ups in the meantime. And I'm like using my muscles in this different way that I might be able to with dancing without an apparatus. 
Mm-hmm. So yes, sometimes my pole and I are really working out things that are happening in my <laughs> life for sure. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I think it's so great. Like, as you say, can use it for everything really, but it's just... Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. you never like hardly ever I don't hard, I don't really see pole dancing people often so it's just really fascinating to watch you do it. And I think <laughs> it's you know another one of those like you have to choose what kind of girl or what kind of woman you're going to be things where it's like I will watch Great British Bake Off and love it. And although they have a lot of innuendo lately so maybe it does fit with pole dancing. Uh <laughs> But like, you know, I can watch Naruto and read comic books and play Animal Crossing and beat your butt at Mario Kart. And then also, look, I'm hanging off of this pole with one leg in my skivvies and I can do all of those (laughs) things and be good at all of those things. And that's okay. And I think that's what we should strive for. We, We don't want to have to fit in a box all the time. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I like this I think- is such a relatable conversation for me because it's something that I'm struggling with right now is trying to find a way to really combine all of the things that I'm really passionate and interested in to make sense and to be successful and happy in a career that does them all. Mm. And so like hearing you you say like, yeah, I just, you know, this is what I do and I love it all and I'm good at it all. And like fuck anybody who says otherwise. Like exactly. it's, it's just really motivating you know for me on a personal level but I'm sure it is for our audience too yeah Yeah. and it's you know also when it comes and I had an episode about this on my podcast talking about geeks and sex and like I used to be a sex educator I used to be a family planning health educator and the things that you hear that people assume about geeks and whether or not they are sexual beings um, <laughs> is very interesting. Can can you all hear my dog crying in the background? She's yeah. having a moment. Okay, I'm just oh. making sure. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, just the fact that geeky people are humans and some humans are sexual beings and sexual health is a part of our health and it's a part of our bodies um, is also tied in, I think, with the fact that I have run fangirl health club classes that were strictly pole dancing. So getting all of these geeky women in this space and I'm like, okay, now you're going to shake your ass. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta do it. You're here. Um, and now we're going to shake your ass to all songs that are from memes. And that's how we're going to motivate you. Uh, you know. It's- can you not be here so I can come to your <laughs> thing? I love traveling. I've actually been to every continent but one of them now, which is just really cold. And I've already said I don't like winter. Um, <laughs> but I would love to be traveling for most of my life and come and teach geeky fitness, pole, all the classes everywhere. So don't, don't count me out. I was, I was in Austria like 10 years ago. Oh, you were probably also in Salzburg at the fountain and dancing around the fountain singing Sound of Music, I suppose. (laughs) We, we were only there on a, on a stopover. We were on a road trip. So I I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do, but I did jump into, I don't remember the name of it, but the river that runs through the public park in Munich, because that was like the same trip. I did jump in there in my underwear. So there is that story. 
that's, that's so you've, you've jumped in a river in Germany that flows through Austria and that makes it an Austrian visit. Hey, <laughs> so I've been in Austria in my underwear. <laughs> cool, I, I, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody here has been in Austria in her underwear. No. Oh, very nice. See, we are spicy, us geeky yeah. ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think like uh, geeks get such a stereotype of being like overweight and slovenly and like they just sit at their computer or their console all day and, and really don't move. And then there's that approach from fitness instructors that are like, oh, you need to be fit all the time. Like there's no space for your hobbies. Um, mm -hmm. And like uh, I think there's definitely a lack of understanding coming from many, not all, but many fitness instructors that like, yes, there's actually a life outside of fitness. Um, or like you can make <laughs> fitness part of your everyday life, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So have you ever come like head to head with an instructor, uh, a, a fellow fitness person who maybe has completely differing views to their approach and like bumped heads a little bit or anything? Oh, sure. You know, I'm thinking about I was invited to one of those like women's health magazine events kind of thing where they were inviting a whole bunch of wellness and fitness professionals. And that was one of the things when I was mentioning other fitness professionals being like, what is that? What are you doing? That was what I was thinking of. Um, because a lot of them are just like, this is what we do. I'm a former professional dancer. And now I needed to make money because being a professional dancer is really hard. So I teach these other, you know, typically thin people how to do Pilates. And that is our whole life. We go to Pilates and we go to brunch and then we go out. And we, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's and it's nothing's wrong with going to Pilates and then going to brunch. I've absolutely done that. But kind of what you were saying where it's like that is the only way to be an active person is to behave in that way. Um, and I think one of the ways that I like to address the fact that we need hobbies and maybe your primary coping mechanism is not movement. Like that's one of mine and that's why movement can be a hobby for me. But for some people, mm -hmm. movement is purely, I want my heart to be healthy and I don't want to have the same health problems that my parents have. And maybe I want to have a child of my own and I, I want to break certain cycles in my family. I want to be able to get up the stairs without losing my breath. Like it's very functional for some people and it's not as mental health related. So mm -hmm. I like to remind people that your hobbies are for your wellness. And sometimes we, you know, escape a little bit too much and we're not like actively escaping or being mindful when we're doing that. But things like playing video games and reading and all of these things are super important to our health. So when I run into people who aren't including those kinds of things in their practice and in their work, I'm like, you're really missing out. <laughs> you're really missing a big component to, to health. I think it's something, what do you say, like everything you say, and it's also that if you can't, you can't make fitness and health only exciting for people with a size zero. I mean, that's all I can think of in a, sure. in the US term yeah, right yeah. now. Who, people who are already skinny, people who are already having this general better fitness level, for example, than, than other people. And it, you can't, because it's hard to get over yourself and to do things to to get to to improve your health sometimes is 
very difficult mm -hmm. like you, that 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 step that you need to take to get over yourself basically and if you put make the barrier so high for people that are already feeling super insecure about what they look like about what they how, how fit they are because that's also really embarrassing you can't absolutely. be skinny you can be absolutely unfit and absolutely no breath at all when you walk up the stairs so it's not even about your body size but it's just and that always comes with with shame right and if you just put things together that only fit that one box and doesn't allow for everybody to come in and be available then it's just yeah not not open not open enough for everyone everyone to come into it and to enjoy it and to get enjoyment out of fitness yeah. and health the way you do it Absolutely. And I'm constantly referring to the people that I serve, which I think a lot of wellness and health professionals don't do often enough. Because my experience is that I had a kind of a rough trying to get over downplaying things. I had a pretty rough childhood. Um, and one of the ways that I coped, I didn't realize I was doing this. It came more naturally throughout my life. One of the ways I was coping was that I was in sports. I was in dance classes and I was moving my body through all of these feelings in situations where like kids don't have control. And that was one of the few areas in my life that I had control and I was good at it. So I had that good feeling there. So I have to constantly refer to the Geek Girl Strong community to be like, I don't know what it feels like to hate PE. PE is one of the only classes that I got straight A's in. So it's one of mm. the only things that like I was good at and wanted to keep doing. So they have to sometimes, and I ask them to offer me information and experiences on, you know, how, how can I ensure that I'm keeping that person in mind who didn't have that experience, who you know, fitness is not their coping mechanism, or that I saw someone in the chat that movement used to be a coping mechanism, and maybe it's not currently and how to get over. And I've been there too, because I, I have a shoulder injury that like, I can't do everything that I used to be able to do right now. So how do you get past like the guilt and the fear of not being as good as you used to be in order to get back into it? And all of that stuff is mental health, right? Like it's, it all just comes back together. So I like to remind people that no two bodies are the same. Even twins, like identical twins are going to have different bodies if they're not eating the same exact things and breathing the same exact air all the time. Um, so that's why one of the really important things when I'm doing a group class, for instance, is to say that everyone's squat is going to look a little bit different than each other's because all of our bodies are going to squat down to the floor differently. And if you can do what your body is capable of to the best of its ability, you're going to feel it. You don't <laughs> have to do it how I do it for me to feel it. You have to do it so that you benefit from your movement because no one else is actually benefiting from it. <laughs> yeah, nobody else is benefiting from somebody else's mind, really. Is yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you could say that someone is, because like, so I think about a lot of the moms that I work with who are like, I just don't have time to exercise, which is totally true. And I don't have children mm -hmm. of my own, so I can't speak to that experience, but I've seen it happen. It's totally true. But when we get down to it and talk about what kind of mom can you be if you're taking care of yourself? so that you can take care of your kiddos and maybe your partner or your parents or like whoever it is that you're helping to take care of in your life. Um, mm. That's kind of when it comes back to calling mental health magic points 
and how you want to make sure that you're doing things for yourself that builds up your magic point meter or else you'll have no magic to spend on everyone else. I do too. Sorry, that was kind of a run-on answer. No, I loved it. I loved it. And so did Frasley in chat. So we're we're fine. Cool. Um, So um, I'm going to ask a last question here, um, but I'm going to ask it kind of as a two-parter. So what advice would you give young kids that are struggling with, like you had originally said, like choosing what kind of human they want to be? Mm -hmm. And then the follow-up, what advice would you give adult geek girls who maybe haven't had that experience in their youth where they did use PE as an outlet and struggling to find that connection now in their, for example, 30s? Yeah. So, okay. So the first part is for the kiddos, right? Yeah. (sighs) Kids are mean. Uh, (laughs) Remember that if you are around 15 years old or so, uh, could be a little bit younger, could be a little bit older. Um, many times you and your friends are the worst versions of yourself right now. Uh, and that that's not to say that you're not nice people. It's just to say, and I'm speaking as someone who was that age and someone who worked with people that age, that age is hard. Your hormones are on and popping. They're making you wild. Your brain is off the hook. Your brain is not even done yet. Oh, my goodness. I would tell my students all the time. They'd be like, Miss Warren, it's my birthday. I'm like, how old are you? Oh, I'm 15. I'd go, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even a real human yet. You're just trying your best. My biggest suggestion to you in general about fitting into a box is please try everything that's safe to try. Um, There's going to be a little bit of risk to everything, right? And as a health educator... I would always tell kids, like, I'm going to give you all the information I can possibly give you, and then you have to make your own decisions. I can't make decisions for you. Um, Take a chance. I, this is what I'll leave them with. I went to three different colleges and had five different majors in undergrad, which is the first part of schooling after high school. It took me five years instead of four years to graduate, and it's because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. My biggest suggestion when you're going to university or college, your first semester or year, try and take all of the requirements that everyone else has to take before you start on your major and just kind of dabble in things and dabble in things in general. Try a dance class. If you don't like it, you can quit. Just Mm. make sure you have something else lined up to try before you quit so that you can go on to the next thing. That was always a rule in my home. I quit ballet. I wish I stuck with it now because it's a good skill to have. But at the time, my mom said, you can quit as long as you have something else you're going to do. And I did softball. I did West African dancing. I did all of these other things. And the more information that you can collect for yourself, the more that you realize that those boxes don't exist. And they're probably put in place by people who want you to be boring and stay small. And we don't want for kids to stay small. Uh, I mean, their parents might want them to stay small for a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) just because it's easier to handle if they stay small (laughs) exactly exactly small kids small problems big kids big problems kind of thing yeah um so yeah don't be afraid to try and to learn and you're gonna make mistakes just try to fail better every time that you fail because you're gonna fail and honestly 
that's a similar thing for adults. <laughs> Uh, don't be so scared of messing up. Don't be so scared that you don't know what you're doing when you go into a fitness class because everyone there didn't know at some point, whether if that was when they were a little kid when they started and maybe they don't remember and maybe that's why they're an asshole about it, which they shouldn't be. <laughs> um, or, you know, that adults that you think has been lifting for their whole life might have only started in their 20s and had to learn a lot through CrossFit, which they don't do anymore. Um, and really, if you'd like, you can join Geek Girl Strong and we're very welcoming. <laughs> and I, I hope it comes across that I am not some scary, like, boot camp fitness instructor. Um, even though at the end of our sessions, I do ask them, but did you die? Like, I know it was hard, <laughs> but did you die? Um, so yeah, just try things and let it be scary and know that you might fail and know that you can fail better next time. I love that. That's and great. And to tattoo that on my ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but oh. I don't, don't see it there as much, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to like look in, you'd have to do it backwards on your ass and then you'd look in the mirror during pole dance classes while you're throwing it back and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm out here. I like that approach. I, I think it's good. Monica, if you don't do that, oh. like, I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> that is that is a fair point. <laughs> I was just looking where I can fix a pole, pole in here now. <laughs> I'm here to oh, help. Wow. Anyone in the chat, if you want a pole at home, I'm here to help. <laughs> Ooh. All right. So since you brought it up, Robin, where can we learn more about Geek Girl Strong and get involved with your community and... Sure. All so I'm at, yeah, all the things. I'm the at things. Geek Girl Strong on all social medias, but I'm mostly on Instagram because Twitter makes me anxious. Uh, <laughs> I feel you. Um, and there is the website, geekgirlstrong.com. And I try to update things often. There's also a newsletter that you can join and all of the links are on the website as well as on the Instagram link page. And I'm trying to think of what we have coming up. Oh, I'm the host of the Healthy Geek Academy podcast, which I don't say enough and my producer will probably kill me if I don't promote it more <laughs> often. Uh, so Healthy Geek Academy is found wherever you listen to your podcasts. And there's about like 15 episodes now. It's pretty new. Um, we have the dance party coming up on the 20th, which is super exciting. Nice. And we have seven spots left. So if people want to join and that's open to people of any gender. Um, so anybody can come and join us. People can have their family there. They don't have to like close the door and make sure it's only one person. If you buy a ticket, your dog is invited. Everyone is invited to oh, join us. Perfect. Dog is invited. <laughs> People lose their minds when someone brings an animal on their camera during the dance party. They'll hold up a cat and it's like Simba. The whole crowd <laughs> just like goes wild. They're so happy. I mean, that is very, very understandable. Yeah. So yeah, we have a stream dog over in Monica's okay. uh, corner there. So <laughs> whenever he comes on camera, chat kind of loses their shit. Yeah. As do I. Is he coming now? Cool. Yep. <gasps> <gasps> Baby. Everyone's going to hear my dog voice now. 
Baby, hello. Hi. This is Yoshi. Yoshi? Yoshi? Yep, like Yoshi from from Mario, yes. Beautiful. Exactly like that. Yoshi looks so sleepy. I just woke him up. Yeah, he looks like a sleepy baby. Don't wake up the dog. (laughs) Yeah, like the letter-laying dog lie. So yeah, we have that coming up. We have the podcast. Um... And I feel like there's something else and I'm always forgetting to promote things. Uh, oh, I'm going to soon. Mm, this is like, I haven't announced this anywhere. So you all get Ooh. it. I'm going to be doing a Patreon special offer soon. And I do it for my birthday. This is the second year that we're doing it. I give everyone else a gift for my birthday. So it's going to be know. all sorts of thank yous for joining the Patreon, like trade paperbacks and Funko Pops and all of these like giveaway things I have at home. So everyone should definitely follow on Instagram and all of the other places and things if you want to join us on Patreon for that. Thank you so much. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, I guess too. So it's patreon.com slash geekgirlstrong if you'd like to join us. You get... I just put a really weird link there. (laughs) What link is that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's fine. It works. Um, so with the Patreon, really quickly, you get access to work like wellness worksheets, like a sleep journal and a food list and all of these other things. You get access to geeky workout and dance playlists. You get access to a monthly workout card that I like write out a workout for you and you can print it and put it on an index card as well as a geeky recipe. And then Ooh. I think it's sold out right now, but some people get 15 minute health coaching calls with me and then we have a discord server with over 100 people on it now nice yeah it's fantastic yeah thank you we'll put all that in the show notes so thank you no need I'm to remember trying, links just click, uh, click, click i'm trying to get better at promoting things it's hard yes that's <laughs> all i can say yes, yes. <laughs> uh, amazing well thank you so much robin this was a really wonderful conversation um i know personally i learned a lot from it and um i'm like okay sign me up get girl strong that's my next step and <laughs> i kept all the, the, the links i had the most for me back to europe and canada at some point yeah. yes can you please come to europe i mean soon? not in 2047 when we can no. again i mean your countries yeah. rightly don't want people from my country there <laughs> Everyone's like, no, no entry for your passport. Um, but yeah, Europe doesn't on... want Canadians right now either, so I feel you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm working yeah. on maybe finding out if I'm a Canadian citizen because I was born to a naturalized citizen. Uh, Ooh, maybe. And, Ooh. and apparently there's a thing where I might be able to claim citizenship. So maybe I'll have an Nice. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you can, you just Honestly, come over and then. I'm so ready. I started watching travel shows. I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Uh, it's the thing what I find hardest about all of this is that you don't know when like that's like it's not that you have a trip booked at the end of next year that you can look forward to it's just like no fucking clue whatsoever and that's Mm -hmm. just the thing that's so so hard draining really it really is but we will get through this shit show (sighs) I mean other humans have done it that's what I keep reminding myself I'm also a history nerd and Mm. I just keep reminding myself there have been plenty of plagues and obviously not everyone makes it and it's really hard <laughs> uh, but yep. humans have done this before humans have dealt with asshole world leaders 
humans have dealt with plagues. Like humans know how to do these things at the end of the day. And I just have to keep reminding myself that I'm not that special <laughs> and, yes. and it's going to be that's okay. That's a really good point. Humans have done this before. We have. Mm -hmm. we, we've done this plenty of times as a, as a human race. And humans aren't that old in the grand scheme of the earth. And we've done it so yes. many. So we're not that special. <laughs> no. We're maybe disgusting, though, that we keep coming up with all these plagues. Absolutely. We're just But gross. that's a whole different topic. <laughs> But also, we're probably not as big of, of, of as big of an asshole as I think people are right now because we made it through somehow. So the, the and at the grand scheme of, scheme of things, there must have been more more good and more smart people than all the idiots I seem to see all the time. That because that's what's breaking me right now because I'm like I was op very optimistic about the world and people and not everyone being an asshole. But I have a tough time seeing that right now. Absolutely. But with what you said, I'm like well, that's then probably not right because otherwise we wouldn't have made it through and we would have all just died and perished, but we didn't. There have always been anti-maskers. If you haven't looked up the Spanish flu of 1918, look up some pictures from that time and there are people holding signs saying you can't force me to wear a mask. Humans are weird, but they've always been this way. And you're right. There have always been other people out there who like got us to where we are. Yes. Thank you very much Thank for that you. insight. That was like really, that was great. I love Perfect history. Way to Thank end. you so much. That's so all good. I can say. <laughs> cool. Amazing. Cool. So we will see everyone next week for another amazing episode of Geek Herring. Thanks so much for Bye. having me, everyone. Thank you. If you like this episode of Geek Herring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Herring and over on geekherring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.